This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplified. Hello, hello, Amplify You family. Michelle Abraham here. I am thrilled to bring you I guest today. She is so amazing. She will find her at mumof18.com. That's right, mumof18. <laughs> she is none other than Jen Taylor, who is the host of the amazing podcast, at a crossroads with the naked podcaster Jen Taylor. Jen, and today we're going to dive into a behind the mic interview all about your podcast, and I'm looking forward to diving right in. So, Jen, hi, welcome. Thank you for being with you, with us today. I'm super excited. This is really fun. Yes, I love it. So, first of all, tell us your podcasting story. Like, what made you want to start a podcast, and how do we get here today? Because you're now like. 300 and something episodes in and it's going great. I wrote a book five years ago, August of 2016, the book was released and it was my story growing up in dysfunction. So one of the things I did in the book was I talked about the struggle really in, you know, graphic detail of the struggle that I was going through uh, growing up. And at the end of each chapter, I talked about like the, the who, what, when, where, how, I got through that and what skills that I was building without realizing I was building them. Cause like as a six-year-old or a nine-year-old or a 15-year-old, or even in your twenties, you don't always recognize what you're learning from the situation. But in hindsight, I knew what I had been learning in those situations and what type of skill sets I was building through going through these struggles. And when the book was published, I was like, obviously, I was really proud of myself. That's a big accomplishment. And I thought, you know, 85% of people who want to write a book don't end up writing a book. And I wanted to help everybody write a book. I was so excited about this. I was going to help people write a book because if I could do it, anybody could do it. And that was a square peg in a round hole, which happens often in life where it just doesn't work. About nine months after the book was released, my husband's best friend who had a very successful podcast said, why don't you start a podcast? And he handed me my first microphone and I just started a podcast. I didn't really know that much of what I was doing. I did know to have four episodes to release. Like I I learned some of the rules and obviously I had a good microphone. Otherwise, I had no idea what I was doing, except that I kept the platform of my book the same. The way that I do that on the podcast is we talk about who you are now, what you're doing. I have attracted almost all of my guests in four and a half years have been entrepreneurs, which is interesting that I'm not looking for that, but that's somehow what I've attracted and fantastic. And so we talk about what they're doing right now and not, I want to get a client. You should work for me. Like, I love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do. It's incredible. I'm so happy. I feel blessed. I mean, whatever the things are that they feel in running their own business and helping other people. I don't think we talk about ourselves in a positive way often enough. We, it's real easy to focus on the negative stuff or the things that we would do different or that we're, we've messed up. 
but just to be really enthusiastic and excited about this is what I do. And then we go back in time and back in time can be like, I was born and it was terrible or things were great. Upper middle-class parents married 50 years, things were great. But then this happened. And I always tell my guests, you don't wake up today and decide out of the blue today, you're going to commit suicide. There's a story before that story. When I dive in with my guests, I dive into the story before the story. Like, lead me up to this. Lead me up to being on the bathroom floor, sobbing, curled up with pills in your hand and a fifth of vodka. Like, what, what, what was the trauma? What were the things that happened before that? And obviously, I'm using suicide as an example. There are lots of different things that people discuss. My point in that is that it's not like a switch you flip one day. There's generally a story of your life. Things were good. Things were not good. These things happened. These were the triggers. And we dig really deep. Like some of my clients or guests cry. And my goal isn't to make people cry. My goal is to hold space for my guests so that they feel comfortable digging into their story that deep. And I tell them, if I could find your information online, that's not what we're talking about today. If you're not willing to dive deeper, and I get that some people aren't, then you're, you're on the wrong podcast. I want to discuss it in the way you have not discussed it before. And I do that because I want people to feel less alone in their struggle. And just like in the book where I had that hindsight at the end of every chapter, I want them to discuss who, what, when, where, how they got through or are still getting through those traumas and struggles because I want to build a toolbox for people listening. So I want you to feel less alone. I want you to build a toolbox. And it's interesting because meditation is a great example. Michelle, you could be on my show and you could say meditation is what really helped me. And I'm in the audience like, yeah, I've heard this 5,000. Yeah. Been there, done that, <laughs> didn't work. What's next? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Except I felt that way until somebody told me about guided meditation and talked to me, talked about it in a way that I hadn't heard it expressed before. And all of a sudden, something that was never an option for me became something that maybe would work for me. So regardless of what it is that helps people get through it, I think it's really important to share it because it's their story. And because we don't know if, for example, when my daughter was in kindergarten, my daughter who's 11 now, I spent, I can't even count the amount of time I spent helping her learn to tie her shoes. One day she come, came home and she said, mom, I know how to tie my shoes now. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so great. Like, I'm a genius. Finally, something clicked. And she said, yeah, some kid on the playground showed me and I, and he taught me how, <laughs> and there's a, there's a part of me that's like, like do you, what, <laughs> do you not realize how much time I spent teaching you? But whatever that kid said and did and showed her on that playground made tying her shoes click for her. It was the final thing that she needed, even though I had spent all that time and talking about your struggle and talking about what helped can do that for other people. And so I set up the platform exactly like the book and people kind of get to tell their story in an hour. So in a way, like if you want to transcribe your podcast, you maybe are writing a book in an hour, but it gives them, it, it is a way to accomplish what I wanted to originally was help people get their story out through the writing of a book in a different way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I get off of a podcast interview and I'll go out into the living room and my, my husband will say, how did it go? <laughs> and now it's a joke because every time I'm like, that was my favorite podcast interview I've ever done. <laughs> because... <laughs> 
And these have, these people have been, we share deep stuff. They've become my friends. I'm, I am close with them more over time. A lot of them have been on the show more than once. They've, uh, many of them have asked to be on the show a subsequent time. I get great feedback on it. When I worked with you for the podcast at the beginning of the year, you taught me how to find stats. I can't remember the website though. Oh, listen notes. <laughs> it is listen notes. Okay. <laughs> and that was super exciting because I was four years in at that point and I found out I was in the top 5%. Mm-hmm. And that, that is an amazing accomplishment. It's wonderful. Then you realize <laughs> that there's how many podcasts there are in the world. And then <laughs> 7 million right now. Isn't that crazy? As we're recording this right now, it's crazy. It, it is crazy. And still though, I did it because I started the podcast the same, for the same reason I wrote a book. I wanted to make a difference in the lives of other people. I knew what helped me get through my traumas, mm-hmm. what things helped me. I dug real deep on that. I've used several different modalities of therapy and the modality that worked the best for me, I got licensed in. Um, and all of the coaches, another thing that I realized within six months of starting the podcast was that Every coach is their own avatar. When you hire a coach in business, they say, you know, write out your avatar. My avatar is me 17 years ago. It was me at my lowest point. It was me when I needed help. And the goal with coaches is to make it faster, easier, and more supported for other people going through similar struggles. And that was so fantastic to learn. I I wanted, all I wanted to do with the book is make a difference in the life of someone else. Just start with one in that one. And then in that one, and with the podcast, I knew that I was only one story and that was wonderful that I got it out, but there are billions of other stories on this planet that are equally as wonderful and that people can relate to better than mine possibly. And I had only, I've been through a lot, but I've only been through certain struggles. So when people come on and talk about an eating disorder, which I've never experienced or a suicide attempt, which I've never experienced. What's wonderful about that is that it's the perspective of the person and it's a completely different struggle. I can't share information on that from a personal point of view. And so getting to know my podcast guests and becoming friends with them. And, you know, I'll go down my Instagram feed and my husband's like, do you even know who is in Facebook or who is in Instagram? And when I go down, I'm like, oh, that was a podcast. Oh my gosh, I love her. Oh, he was great. Or, you know, and (laughs) it's really kind of opened up how I've connected with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's so many amazing stories and you're really keeping them a voice with your show, right? You're allowing them to share their message and oh my gosh, think of the amount of people that whose lives you've touched or changed because of allowing them to share their story and allowing them the space and the microphone to do so. Um, And each person who's listening is gonna resonate with a different story in a different way. And, uh, oh, wow, I I can just like imagine, have you you had any feedback or have you heard some stories from some of your guests that have had people reach out to them or have you had people reach out to you and just say like, wow, like this made a big difference, thank you. Oh yeah. And those are your favorite. When I tell people, I think in my outro, you know, at the very end of the podcast, like you're not alone in your struggle, please reach out to me. I also have a podcast resource page that will take some time. Cause like you said, I'm 300 episodes in, but the goal is to share the person's picture, 
the link to their, the YouTube video that when they were on um, all of their social media links so that if there's a podcast episode that resonated with you, you can mm-hmm. easily find them. Although I have all of their information Great, in the description, yeah. but you mm-hmm. want to make it brainless and easy for mm-hmm. people to find this information and get in touch with people. And as much as, you know, I would love to have more coaching clients and I'm always open for that. And you want to even changing the podcast to monetize it. There's all these different ways that bring in income and income is how we all pay our bills. If there's someone in the audience that resonates with the guests that I have on, and that is the person that they want to hire, I would rather have them hire someone and get help that they need and the connection that they need mm-hmm. than be with the wrong person. So I, I really want people to connect and it's my favorite. It is my favorite when people connect with me after the podcast. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so cool. Now tell us about the original name of your podcast was the naked podcaster. Tell us a little bit about that story. <laughs> Actually the first name for my podcast was Jen Taylor hashtag rerouting. Oh, so it was only the, it was the first couple of months. And the reason why is that it felt like in my story and everybody's story, I was in the car with my best friend and I was driving her somewhere and I had GPS on and the GPS told me to turn left and I did. And it said rerouting and it was telling me to do a U-turn. I'm like, seriously, like this is the story of my life, right? Everything's rerouting. You think you're going the right way. You got it all together. And then, nope, you'll find out you need to reroute. And that really is a huge part of how I felt in growing up in my journey and writing the book, just like you're, you're really trying to do your best job mm-hmm. and to get things right and to do things well and realize, nope, got to do I, something happened with my blog just last week where I was like, oh my gosh, you're kidding me. So where you just need to reroute, you, you just go, have to change gears. A few months later, my husband walked in and this is a real story. If this is this is exactly how it happened. And he talked to me. I, I made a joke about how I wanted a job that I didn't have to wear pants years before this. And why can't I just have a job where I can't wear pants? And one day he walked in and I was recording. And you know, you're always in like a little section of your room or a little yeah, office closet or, <laughs> or a closet. Whatever. And so he could walk in and out of the room, but no one could see that he was walking in and out of the room. And he walked in the room and he looked at me and walked back out. And I was not wearing pants. Like I did not have pants on. I was in my underwear and a nice shirt. And afterwards he's like, so when you said you wanted a job where you didn't wear pants, I didn't like, you literally don't want to wear pants. And I said, no one can see me. No one can see me from the armpits down. I mean, look, you know, we can't, I, I could have no clothes on and nobody would know. And he's like, so you'd be the naked podcaster. And I just went, yes. Yeah. But, but I'm like, Wow. That's a really great name. And it's a great gimmick and sex sells and all of that stuff, which is not at all why I picked the name. Right. I love, a pl- I super love a play on words. And if it's a little edgy, I really super love a play on words. My goal though, wasn't to be, to use sex to sell right. for this. Although I mean, people notice it because it says the word naked in it. If you read the next line, it says bearing it all. Yeah. So uh, I mean, like we're, and I guess even then maybe you don't realize it, but it says bearing it all spiritually and emotionally is my tagline. Mm -hmm. And so the podcast is four and a half years old and I, and I changed the name. I changed the name a few months later. I'm like, yeah, because I, 
I would only have done it if it really, really fit the podcast so well and better than rerouting. And it did. It was really such a great fit. Part of that is my dorky personality and not wearing, want, wanting to wear pants for a job. And part of that was that it was such a funny experience with my husband. And it was such an organic way that the name came up. And also, I mean, if I took my shirt off right now, you would have no idea what I was wearing. I could be wearing a tank top, like my hair covers everything. And yeah. <laughs> you would have no idea, right? So for one year, I went topless. And actually, I wore pants most of the time and just had my shirt off. But I did, I did wear like a, a bandeau. Right. Like I, I, so it was still a play on words. And uh, maybe it's something about me. If I wasn't being 100% authentic, I felt like it was a waste of my time. And if I've got socks on and pants on and a, and a bandeau bra on, I'm not being naked. I'm just showing you my shoulders so that it appears that way. Right. And I stopped. I stopped doing it because... At that point, it was fun. I'm not going to lie. It was super fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was super fun. And I had a couple guests show up naked also. And that was, unlike men, men think it's so risque. They're showing up naked. I'm like, on the beach, you have your shirt up. This is, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and I, but I felt like there was more attention on that than there was on anything else. And it was actually detracting from the message mm -hmm. that I was giving. And my message has always been super, super serious. And although I tend to be very sarcastic and playful and a little edgy in personality, that wasn't what I was bringing to the table for my podcast. So mm -hmm. I put my shirt back on. Mm -hmm. The other thing that happened was I've been a Christian my whole life. There's, mm -hmm. That's never changed. I might not have always been um, very outward in my expression in saying it. And a big part of that was a past situation. I left a cult and there was a lot of trauma and baggage because of that. So I was very, I've been very careful about protecting that part of me that has been one of the most important and intimate things about myself, my personality emotionally. The other reason was because I have kids and I I wanted to kind of respect and raise them in a way where they were open to lots of options. There's not really a justification. I wasn't very forward about being a Christian to people because I wasn't very forward. And it probably had a lot to do with fear of my own. Mm -hmm. And it, I hit the point where that changed and a couple things happened. One, a friend of mine who called herself my best friend to everybody else found out I was Christian and absolutely came unglued on me, like yelling at me. And I thought if this person who's known me for three years is surprised or upset by the fact that I'm a Christian, I am not being a good friend. Mm -hmm. I think you have to run this balance on social media. And that was one of the other reasons I'm quiet. I would not push my politics or religion on anyone in a way that made them feel like they were wrong or they needed a change or they were stupid. And since the pandemic started, We've seen an awful lot of that division because of a difference in how we think or feel about something. I feel very strongly that we can have extremely opposing viewpoints and agree to disagree and have really exceptional conversations. When that does ha doesn't happen and it becomes, I mean, it's, it's, it's created riots, created division in huge ways in families, then it's not worth it. Prior to the pandemic, where now it's super easy for me to point that out and everybody's like, yes, it's created yeah. so much division, have different, right? But before that, 
my goal was just to do my thing. I don't talk about politics either on my, on my social media platforms and stuff, because I think it's a personal decision and it shouldn't be based. You shouldn't base how well you like me on who I voted for for president. Mm -hmm. Right. We agree to disagree. Although you're in Canada, so that's a different conversation. Still, yeah, still, yeah, same, still same, same thing over here, though. No, I think so. Yeah, and it's division. And I didn't want to talk about being a Christian ever in a way that divided people. However, when that conversation happened with somebody who said she was my best friend, I realized that I was going too far the opposite way, and that I could be really forward about who I was without creating any static. And if it made it so that people, she and I are not friends anymore, we haven't spoken in a long time. And if that's going to happen, then I would rather have friends that are true friends. What do I tell my kids? What have you told kids? Be your genuine self so that when people like you, they genuinely like you. Because if you're being a fake version of yourself, if you're not presenting yourself truly, you'll never know if people really like you for who you are because you're not being who you are. I think that there's a really big balance in that without being like a, a, like a religious zealot, which I'm not, but sharing my beliefs and knowing that even, even within Christianity, someone invited me to go to a talk. And when I looked at it, it's interesting. I'm going to say it because it happened to me the other day. I wasn't the right kind of Christian for this Christian. Right. Mm -hmm. And when someone invited me, it wasn't the same type of Christianity that I practice. And I said, you know, that's a prosperity gospel. And I'm really happy you found some place that you like to go. That's not the direction I'm going to go in. It's not what I believe in. And so I'm going to turn this down. So even when you say, here I am, I'm a Christian. So obviously I'm not going to take my shirt off on my podcast, which I put my shirt back on before that. But still, even within that, I'm not the right kind of Christian for some people. Mm -hmm. This isn't the right kind of podcast. They preferred it when I had my shirt off. They thought it was gimmicky when I had my shirt off. I mean, there are going to be people that disagree that don't align with you in Mm -hmm. everything that you do. And I think that, I think the bottom line though here is that when you, when you got aligned with yourself and that authentic real voice and real you, then that's when things start to change. And that's when the right people start to come in and it doesn't matter, yeah. you know, cause you, you're being true to you, your voice is coming in. I think, I think that's crazy about podcasting, right? That you cannot, you, you can only not share your whole self for so long. And then eventually you have to, because it's just part of the process. You can't like podcasting. I think it's one of the forces you to be super authentic, <laughs> which is great. The- It is great. And the other thing is that I'm asking my guests to dig super, super deep and reveal parts of them they don't share. And a person who called herself my best friend didn't know that I was Christian. Not enough that it ever created an issue. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't have created an issue. I wasn't different in that five minutes. Nothing about me changed in that five minutes, except that she knew something. Mm -hmm. So if I'm asking my guests to be their authentic self and my goal wasn't to not be my authentic self. It was to ride that line of not being passive in who I am, but also not being so outspoken that, you know, it turned people off and maybe it did turn people off. And you, you know, you hit a point where you're like, well, I am who I am. So you're not my, 
It's so funny, Jen. As we're, as we're talking here, you're talking about Christianity, and there, <laughs> there's something funny happening with our Zoom right now. That okay. for those of you that are listening, I just want to share what's happening. And Jen, I don't even know if you can see it happening either. But like every time you say something good, the thumbs up reaction on Zoom pops up and gives you a thumbs up. And it's not me doing it, and it's not oh. you doing it. So no. it's really funny because I think that's like, I think that's like spirit giving you like a thumbs up, Jen. You're doing. <laughs> Awesome. Great job. And I just have to say, I know our audience will appreciate that because wow. so, yeah, but it, it will literally zoom is doing its own thumbs up reaction to what you're saying. Well, I'm, I'm loving zoom right now. You know, so that's so, uh, really appreciated above your being authentic in your message today. So it is important. And you know, October 19th, which was yesterday when we're recording this was the 10 year anniversary of my blog. And a year ago, just over a year ago, I, I mean, I, at that point I had almost nine years, I had 960 something blog posts wow. and I decided I had a coach that told me, you know, you need to go through all of those. And I thought it was going to be this horribly arduous, terrible task. I really dug my feet and I didn't want to do it. When I finally started doing it, it was so cathartic. It was a diary of my life. And I actually deleted almost 600 posts because links were broken and you don't start out being a great writer. I did. So I did keep my first couple posts that I ever posted. Yeah. And I, like yesterday, because it was my 10 year, I found the first picture I ever posted and oh, the first blog. I'm, it was awesome. I mean, it was great. Just saying that, you know, it, sometimes it's good to go through all of that content and look at it. And also when I looked at it, I realized I'd gone through a divorce in that time. And the only thing I wrote about was that life was a little more stressful and I was moving. Hmm. That was a really huge lesson to me and how not authentic I was being or not forward. And divorce is a little bit different because there's another party involved. And generally with me, there were kids involved and you have to write a very fine line of telling a story that is one-sided where that other person, I mean, essentially it's defamation of character. If I'm saying something bad about them and they don't have a chance to defend themselves. And so, uh, I mean, still, there are so many topics where I feel like it's so hard to ride the line of doing what is ethical, which is not talking about what a jerk your ex-husband is or whatever you want to say, mm -hmm. even if it was, even if it was hundred percent true and not defaming anyone's character and being true to yourself. And and sending out that information. So my, I have a son that in August, five years ago, went missing. He was missing for four years. It was August 6th. He went missing and August 3rd, four years later, they connected his remains with the DNA. So a year ago, they found my son's remains and losing a child is massive. It's massive. And I just wrote about it and did a video, but I wrote about it and holy cow, did people want to hear about that? Yeah, yeah. So I did a video based on that blog post and it was one of the hardest things that I've written about. I actually had some audio clips, um, voice messages. He left his sister, my daughter, because, you know, I've been foster care and adoption and I didn't hear them until I was actually, I listened to them live while I was recording myself yeah. and I sobbed. And I don't think I didn't say anything about that. Nobody knows that that is the first time I heard those voice recordings while I was doing it, but digging in and being raw is important to me. Mm -hmm. And that is an ongoing story. And I'm not going to ask anyone to do it unless I'm doing it. And look, I did it 150% with my book. Mm -hmm. 
I haven't done it a hundred percent in every area of my life. And it was time to make that change. So I did. And I had put, you know, I put my shirt back on. So Christianity wasn't an issue with that. <laughs> and then we, when you, when I hired you and your company, I talked about naming it a little bit differently and like rerouting, we named it at a crossroads for the naked podcaster. And it's the same, it's that same theme that I've had for over four and a half years right now that things change. And often we are legitimately, we can feel and see ourselves standing at this crossroads. Like we're standing right there and we have to make a decision sometimes pretty quickly, which way we're going to (laughs) go. Yeah. Knowing that you're not going to turn back after that things are divorce is that way. Standing up for yourself is that way. A lot of the trauma that my guests have shared with me, they were at some crossroads in their lives where something's got to give and they've got to change direction. They're rerouting their lives and it's huge and it's heavy and it's scary. Yeah. And do you ever see, like, do you ever, it's, it's huge that your guests feel so safe with you to reveal that on their podcast. Like you say, they talk, they're talking about things they don't never share. Have you ever, how do you prepare them for that? Or what's, you know, how do you get them to go so deep and, and do bear it all? That's an amazing question. And I wish I had the perfect answer. I let them know in like the literature I send them. So when they sign up to be a guest, it says, this is what I'm expecting. I'm expecting you to bear it all. Like we're, we're going to go deep. And then in their confirmation, it reminds me of that. A lot of people don't read that stuff. So (laughs) when, as you probably know, when I get on with them in the very beginning, I call it pre-gaming, right? We sit down and we talk like, this is how it's going to go. This is the order of things. Um, It's explicit and it's explicit because the, I've had two podcasts in four and a half years that have been the hardest. One is my daughter, who's now 23, came on. I knew she'd had suicide attempts. I didn't know that she'd had more than one. And I didn't know what saved her the final time, which I'm very sure she would have been successful in. Mm. And that was a really hard thing to learn live on right. video wow. about my own daughter. The other one was a woman who is so brave and she talked about how her biological father raped her from the age of nine to the age of 21. And although I was molested by my stepfather, there is nothing, there is nothing in the world that compares to, it's the only time on my podcast that I've cried Mm. was, was this woman. So I'm not sure, except that I tell them my job is to hold space for you to ask the questions Mm-hmm. to direct you in a different way if I need to, and for you to feel comfortable being open. My only job in that hour is to hold space for them, meet them where they're at and ask them the questions that I want to know and to help facilitate them opening up. Wow. I feel overwhelmingly grateful that people who have never met me before that I don't know that A lot of the times my guests don't know about me personally. They know uh, that they're on a podcast or that they want to be on my podcast or they've been referred to, you know, they know minimal about me. They don't know about my family or minimalism or that I'm a runner. They don't know anything about me personally. And yet they come on and share things that are so intimate and deep. I, I don't have words to express that gratitude. And I don't know what I do to facilitate that, except that 
whatever I'm doing allows them to feel that way. And there is no bigger compliment in the world to me than that. I think also just like, you know, my first blog posts weren't that great and I could delete them without even thinking about it. No (laughs) sadness there. I have become a better podcast interviewer as the time has gone on. I'm sure I have. I know that the best thing that I've ever heard is when a guest tells me that they've shared things that they've never shared before, Mm -hmm. or that I got them to talk about things that they hadn't thought about in so many years. They were just stunned by it. And I do send a follow-up email. I send an email 48 hours after the podcast to say, I know we talked about some heavy stuff. And if there's anything you need from me, I I'm an NLP practitioner. Mm-hmm. So I can work with them on traumas and limiting beliefs in a way where they don't have to talk about it specifically. And I have always been open that if there is anything that was triggered, if there's anything that's difficult for them, I'm happy to be here for them. So I, I don't know how or why people are willing to, but I'm intensely grateful that they are. Wow. And that makes such an incredible show that you have that I know I think you should be really proud of. It's, it's, it's an incredible show, Jen. And you just, the space that you hold for people and the stories that come out of there are changing lives. And, um, just wanted to congratulate you on, uh, on that. It's, uh, it's not something that everyone can do and you're definitely, um, you're definitely changing lives with it. Thank you. I, that's, it's just one, make a difference to that one. I think that's been my goal. Mm-hmm. From when I was like a 21 year old kid and had my first baby and started doing foster care a couple of years later, like if you can really just think about how can I make a difference in the life of one today, even if it's the person at the drive through with the barista, mm-hmm. you know, and that's it. And if that, if a compound interest is one of my favorite theories, if that takes over and creates compound interest, then that's the best thing you could ever do. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, before I let you go, I do want to touch on you're recording this episode today from your RV where you and your family are jumping into to live in, in the next little while. And uh, that speaks to my heart. I did that. I did five months with my family in our RV. It was incredible. Such a great family bonding time. So just wanted to share with our audience that that's what your new adventure is. And, and then you can share that experience with your family is so cool. So tell us a little bit about that, what you're up to. We became minimalist. Dana and I became minimalist seven years ago. Two things happened within a week. One, a friend came over to my house and she's like, wow, you've got a lot of stuff, which is not how I wanted people to feel when they walked into my house. (laughs) And Dane had Sundays and Wednesdays off. So he would clean the house on his Wednesday off when I was working corporate. And he said, Jen, I don't know how to clean the house anymore. Like there's just, it was, we were just overwhelmed. We had blended families a year earlier, we had 12 kids living at home. He moved into my house. We had never gotten rid of anything. It was just overwhelming. And you don't realize that when, until you pull everything out of a closet, that you're a low key hoarder. And, you know, I would have never said that about myself. However, that's what it felt like. And so I knew I am compulsively organized. I'm very organized. So I knew that wasn't the answer. And we started minimalism. I went down some Google rabbit hole that got me on this tangent seven years ago. And we ended up in three months getting rid of about 80% of what we own, which sounds impossible. And let me tell you, it is not, it is not impossible to get rid of 80% of what you own and feel 
lighter and better and happier in your home. After that, as kids started moving out of our house, because we have 18 kids <laughs> and, and we had 12 at home at home at the time. As kids moved out, we gave them the option. You can either take all of your furniture with you or we're donating it. And I am legitimately putting it on the sidewalk the day you move out. That's not because, like, I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to kick you out. I just like, I, I wanna, I'm what? I'm gonna sit and hold it here for a month and cry and cause you moved out and it's ridiculous, right? I do not have empty nest syndrome. I wanted to free up more bedroom space for the kids that were at home. And so we legitimately, literally the day that they moved out, anything they didn't take with them, we had the donate pile, the trash pile, and then you're taking it with you out of our house pile. And also as time went on, we've, we've rented homes for the last, I, I think, 15 years, 16 years, we've rented homes. And the reason why is because we had such a big family. The house that we wanted to live in at the end of our journey was not the house we would have bought at the beginning of our journey. (laughs) So we have downsized. We've lived in four houses in the last eight years. And every time we've downsized. And so we got down to, I know I, we do feet, a thousand square feet we're in right now. And, um, I, I, there's a couple things that happened because one day Dan and I looked at each other and he said, why are we moving into an RV? I think something happened in my process of downsizing and minimalism that like this was the pinnacle of minimalism, right? And it just became a goal. You start, if you've ever bought a car, you bought a Jeep, right? And all of a sudden you buy this Jeep and you see that, you see Jeeps everywhere. There aren't more Jeeps. You just now you're aware that there are Jeeps out there. And the same thing happened with minimalism, with people who live full time in a schoolie, an RV, a tiny house, a van, a bus, whatever. And we started following this. And I just felt like I wanted to downsize enough. And having moved so much in my entire life, I've moved so many times in my life and just four times in the last eight years. I wanted to know that if I had to move again, I could take it with me. Mm -hmm. So there was something about my personality where one living in an RV was a pinnacle of our minimalism journey. I didn't want to go to less than that. Um, but I wanted to get there. And the other part of that was feeling like I don't have roots anywhere. And that's kind of part of just my 50, almost 51 years of living is that I think I've moved around so much. I don't feel like I have roots and having my home be something that's portable. Mm -hmm made me feel like no matter what I did or where I went, I would have roots. I would take that with me. So we bought a 31 foot class C RV in January of 2021. I was going to renovate it. It was going to be my first renovation because I really love to do that. And I'm pretty handy. And I exposed so much water damage. It actually had to be remediated. So we took it, (laughs) we took it to professionals and that was a lot of money. a lot of money, half of the money we've put into this RV has been for it to be ripped out, remediated and rebuilt. The good news about that is that there's no water damage. There's no mold. The RV is structurally sound and they did the bulk, all the heavy lifting of the renovation. So this is the first time I've been on a meeting or in a podcast in the RV is today. (laughs) I looked looked at my schedule and the only meeting I had was with you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I could take my iPad there 
and do a meeting because I really wanted to come. Our daughter, our young, we have one at home now. She's in sixth grade. We homeschool. So her homeschool was portable. And I've spent four hours getting all kinds of little curtains hung and all kinds of little things done. We're planning on moving in in about a month permanently. And I mean, basically all we have to do is bring our mattress and our clothes and we could be in, in it now. It's that, it's that far done. It's that close to being done, but it's been really fun. I, I actually, you know, fantasize about moving into this and doing another RV renovation. Mm-hmm. And it could be another one for us. Cause you learn so much when you do it, you realize in the process, what you would change. Yeah, You, you think, you think you're going to get it all together. You know, I'm going to do all this research and I'm going to get the perfect RV, even though people tell you that's not going to happen and it doesn't happen or renovating and flipping them. Cause I just am so passionate about doing it and giving people alternative living in yeah, the pandemic. Right. We've, we've seen such a shift of people being afraid of losing their jobs, of not finding work, of the prices of housing going up exponentially and renting. And it's just becoming more and more difficult and wanting to have a little bit more autonomy, moving to a different state. And so I think it's exciting. So yes, you are my I also think it's like, you know, this is like people's chance to look prospectively at their life right now. Like, and like, oh my gosh, I'm not happy with what we're doing. Now let's do something I've been thinking about for years let's now take the opportunity to do that. And, you know, it's so cool. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear all about your trip and all about your travels as you move your way through, through the continent on your RV and get to visit all your kids in various states and grandkids and all that fun stuff. And I just want to share with uh, our audience, Jen, as before I let you go, that where to find out more information about Jen, if something resonated with you today that Jen said, please connect with her. It's momof18.com and uh, go check out her website. You can see all her podcasts on there as well. And it's at a crossroads with the naked podcaster. So make sure you check out her podcast. Go leave her an amazing review. She's out there changing so many lives and go and listen because chances are one of her guests will change your life too. So thank you so much, Jen, for spending this time with us behind the mic today. And uh, any last words before we let you go? Wow. Um, Yeah. If you think you can, if you think you can't do it, you can just do it. And your story is good enough. Absolutely. Whether you're a guest or a podcast host, just do it and get your story out there. Not only is it healing, but you're going to help others too. Uh, I love that, Jen. Thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate you and all that you do in this world and Amplify You Family. Go out and give Jen some love. Go leave her a review and subscribe to her podcast. Until next time, Amplify You Family, go out there. Your uniqueness is your genius. Amplifying it to the world is ours. We'll see you next week. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.